Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kim, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. How you wanna end up one or two hour show and keep the brain running with the premise of talk sports on a national level? Vote with the topic, sort of like the rubber when it's game time, they like the fad five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and great. The 4 for 26, so the war ain't can wait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys diversified and educated. Check me out, check me out. You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts, Dev McMillan, and I'm here in the the War Room this evening with my brother. We got B. Austin in the house. Uh, Jimmy the Blueprint will join us in just a few moments. Look, the NBA Finals are set with a fourth installment of the Cavs-Dubs rivalry. And action tips off tonight, so keep it locked right here for in-depth coverage of this series, as long as it may go. And to get in on the conversation, you know what to do. Make sure you join us right now in the JW Philly Realty chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room, or join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. You can also call us directly in about five minutes. Yes, five minutes. When we open up the digital extreme tech hotline, that number is 323 Ah, man, yo, our show is trash at all times. Um, give me a second, good folks out there. We're going to straighten this up. We're going to straighten it up. Straighten it out. Say what? All right. So, uh, like I was saying, uh, if y'all want to uh, call us in about five minutes, that number is 323-410-0012. One last thing before we get the conversation underway, make sure that during the week when we're not live on the air, you check out our archive episodes at warroomsports.com. You can also check it out at the War Room Sports mobile app. That's on Android or iOS. Just search War Room Sports in the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. Uh, you can also check us out on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you catch most of your podcast listening. We're probably there, so uh, check us out when you get that chance. What up, B? So look, man, it's been a crazy week on all fronts, but I gotta ask you this because you know, first and foremost, we're hip hop heads to the death. So have we passed the point where all the homie Drake has left is to put pause on Pusha T? Or do you think this can be salvaged with some bars? <laughs> um, man, I'm going to tell you this and to our listeners. Basically, growing up a hip-hop head, right? I can't lie. I'm excited. This is for the sport. This is for the culture. Like, I'm, I'm, I haven't been this excited in a while. Now, I've been telling you for years that Drake does have talent with the pen. He just doesn't subscribe to the same principles 
of being an MC and a writer as as we do or we but like in a vacuum, dude has talent as a writer and talent as a spitter. And so based on the level of disrespect, see, Drake is used to bullying cats that can't rap or shout guys that are in a level shout out to weak <laughs> no, nah, I don't call him me weak skills. Weak skills. <laughs> um but he's barked up the wrong tree. And as we know, and some of y'all will know, he shook that tree, and that lion fell out on him. <laughs> Shout out to Kobe Bean Bryant. No, nah, but when you say that, though, lyrically, bar for bar, you know, I'm a Pusha T fan. I'm not much of a Drake fan, but being honest, just from the, the good stuff that I have heard when the boy wasn't singing or, you know, or his monotone voice didn't get in my way, like, I don't think this is a mismatch. Because first of all, the, the the dubby joint was hot, like it was yeah. hot. Yeah, it was. However, like what I'm asking you is because Pusha, he obviously had stuff in the clip, so he was like, okay, on on Daytona on the song Infrared, I'm going to bait him. He's probably yes. going to think I'm a little sweet like Meek, so the bait might work because you know Joe Button tried to bait the boy three times and he didn't want none of that smoke. So none. He went for the bait, came out with a hot song, and thought he had everything under control. The problem was Pusha T was impatient with what he had in the clip, and he just took the gloves off immediately. Like, this this no, no, no. why I asked you. Me, like, the it. stuff that he said and brought up, it. like, are we past the point of lyrics, or did he just have to no, see no, no. dude on site? <laughs> he, he, I mean, when we look at who we are and the way we look at the world, Drake got to whoop his ass, like, period, point blank, just because. <laughs> exactly. That's, Either that or he, he that's in the lab how, with a lot of research because what made that, this yeah. personal, or at least what yeah. Pusha is going to act like made this personal, was Drake referencing his fiance, which was crazy because the line to me really kind of failed. Like, I, I was like, that's a diss? What's wrong with being engaged? You know, he threw the bar together nice, but I'm like, that doesn't hurt. The only thing that that did was, okay, you bringing personal stuff into this, but he didn't really say anything mean-spirited about it, and it ain't nothing wrong with being engaged. But Pusha used yeah. it, and man. No, 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 no. <laughs> Yo, the beat, Dev, let me say this. You, are, you, uh, you aren't the biggest Aubrey Drake Graham fan, so let me just take the time to say this. Your man Drake borrows a lot from his uncle, Sean Carter, who, by the way, is actually Pusha T's big brother, so I know who is actually rooting for in this battle. But Drake takes a lot of subliminal shots at a lot of Oh, yeah. And I mean, I know Pusha, Pusha didn't do this on, you know, just out of the blue. But they like, been, he's not looking for, 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 for Drake's popularity. To... They've, been, they've been doing this since 2010. So it it's like the history of the beef, a lot of this is built up, and Pusha has been throwing jabs and shots at Birdman, at Lil Wayne, at Drake. And actually, Drake came at Pusha because Pusha T kept shooting at, at, at Birdman and Wayne. So now Drake has gotten away with ducking work from real MCs and then bullying and picking up picking on people that can't rap. So Pusha has been setting this up 
for damn near a decade. So this is his chance. He's got at least six songs in the kitty ready to go. And Drake got to respond. He can't. He can't duck this work. He can't Yo, run away. But Drake, but Drake's response was like a press release explaining his blackface picture for one, and then Yo. it seemed like he was out there planting seeds in TMZ because they're reporting like Drake has actually been, you know, financially supporting his kids since birth. Okay, that's all well and fine, and I never doubted that, no matter what Pusha T said. But I'm claiming my kids to the fullest. I mean, even even though you slipped up and shot up the club with somebody you probably shouldn't have, and and you were worried about getting clowned, your seed is your seed, and you don't hide your seed. You know what I'm saying? So whether or not you've been sending them a few dollars across the border, like that's not important. Like I don't think anybody in their right mind, at least, thought when Pusher said all of this stuff, he could have possibly meant that Drake's not taking care of the kid. But that don't not, you know, use the double negative. That does not make you a deadbeat. You can throw money at a problem all you want, but if you ain't spending time with your kid and and that kind of stuff, then, you know, okay, you're a financially supportive deadbeat. Bottom line. He responded he responded in a way because Drake's core fan base is is women. It's it's so Pusha T strategically put this together to go at dude in a way that was going to resonate with some of his core fan base looking at him sideways. So this has been strategically planned out. He's ready to go. And Drake also understands that his modern-day fan base isn't that keen on actual bars and lyrics. So that's why Push is going to hit him with the bars and the lyrics but Push is also going to hit him with something for Instagram, Twitter, and social media as well, because that's how you have to go after Drake. Drake realizes that 90% of his fan base don't really listen to lyrics anyway. So that's why he's going to respond in that way. But I also feel like the MC and the pride in Drake is going to make him respond via music. And we could have a great battle on our hands. We could. I hope so. No, I was excited with with Drake's comeback and pushing throughout the go. The only thing my, you know, that kind of disappoints me right now is actually hip hop fans, because I see a lot of people, you know, posting stuff uh, with ticking clocks and and you know talking about Drake. Like, what's up? You should have responded by now. Like, like that's that's no. that new age battle stuff where people are expecting people to respond in twenty four to forty eight hours. Like. It don't really go like that. Like Ether didn't come, <laughs> Ether didn't come the same week, not even the same month as Ether took, took a month and a half. Right, right. So it's like it, it just doesn't go like that, especially if you want to bring something quality back. You know what I'm saying? If you really? just want to go super ugly on them, that's when you come right back. And and the fact is, Pusha kind of went super ugly on them. But I think yes, he did. The, I think the rules have kind of, I think the rules have kind of shifted. The audience of of hip hop is a little bit different, so nobody really. I say this: he he super uglied him as far as how personal it went, but I think it was more well put together than super ugly. Which means like he probably had been jotting stuff ready for a comeback, you know, a long time ago. You know what I mean? You, you yes, get what I'm was. saying? Like, it was super ugly-ish, yeah. but it wasn't as corny as super ugly. Super ugly was corny. It just it was super ugly after that song go off. Whether you're a J fan or not, a lot of J fans wouldn't admit it. 
But your first thought after that is like, dang, he mad? <laughs> like, like, like he went there? Like this got real corny real quick. But I don't know. Man. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think Drake 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 wants to be several things, and that's a part of the problem. He's a little confused. Drake wants to be Michael Jackson in print. But Drake also wants to be respected as an MC at the same time. And the question is, can you do both? So I yeah, think the part yeah, of him... He part-time he part MCing. Yeah, he a part-time you know MC, but that part-time MC is going to make him respond. Because here's the other thing. Kendrick Lamar and Drake have been going back and forth with subliminals for years, but Drake yeah, won't jump out the window with Kendrick. Right, he don't want to smoke. Like, it's certain people, like, he just, you know, he's not really prepared. Like, I've heard Drake, like you said, take subliminals kind of at Jay. But was making mm-hmm. it, but they, but they seem like the type where he want to make sure they're super subliminal because he don't really, he want to be able to say he did it, but he don't want to be able to just jump right out there and get into that kind of smoke with somebody that big. Um, but at the same time, you know, dudes knew. Um, if they were being honest, that even throughout his popularity of the last decade, you know, compared to old Jigger, Jay-Z been bull jiving, you know, throughout the last decade. So that challenge has been thrown out there by a lot of people. And and, and when that challenge is thrown out, you kind of know, okay, people are going to try to ride that wave to popularity. Jake was already yeah. uber popular, but he was out for the throne. So it's like, all right, I'll take a couple of subliminals at Jay. People won't think I'm scared, but when real gutter, damn near underground lyricists come at his neck, no smoke, <laughs> no smoke whatsoever. No, Joe Budden, Joe Joe Budden's had like 15 songs written for Drake, and Drake was right. like, mm, nah. Right, and and that's exactly how I look at it. And Jimmy not here yet, but I know when he talks about it, he always kind of puts Joe out there like, ah, he wasn't even important enough to respond to. I just think the boy ain't want that kind of smoke. Like some people yeah. might not be on that level of popularity, but you know if you jump yeah. into something oh, far you from far call with brother. Him, you got you got more to lose and and you know you can't win that. So yeah, he he stayed at home and stayed under the covers while that while that rain was coming down. Let's get into some sports yeah. though. <laughs> That's what we do. So um, real quick, because I see we already got some calls on the line, but before we do that, let y'all know that hot top, especially you degenerate gamblers out there, and we got the homie Tobias waiting on the line. Tobias, you need to sign up, my dude. You need to sign up at my bookie. You know what I'm saying? You can make a lot of money betting on sports contests at my bookie. The NBA Finals, the NHL Stanley Cup Finals, all kinds of good stuff's happening right now. So if you haven't checked them out, this is a great time to go ahead and do that. Lay down some dough on the biggest games in sports. Join us, me, B, Jimmy, and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag, not com.ag. You tired of getting to run and around with time for a payout? You know what I'm saying? On, on my corner when it's pay me time? Well, we urge you to join my bookie. They don't ask bet. You win, they pay. They pay fast. No hassles. You're wasting your time betting anywhere else. They even have 
And this is the part every week we tell you guys we don't understand how they do this, but they do it. They have in-game live betting so you can place wagers after tip-off, kick-off, face-off, whatever sport you're betting on. So just join my bookie now, and they'll match your first deposit with a 50% bonus. Just use the promo code WARROOM, all caps, W-A-R-R-O-O-M. To activate this offer, visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, get paid, period. And before we, you know, we're going to talk, we're going to do a little recap on the uh, conference finals in the NBA, especially those two game sevens. But before we do that, just want to give a shout-out to hockey. We always tell you guys, you know, unless we have one of our experts on to talk about it, we don't go in-depth with it, so... Definitely shout out, though, because the Stanley Cup finals have begun. They're tied up at 1-1. It's big in the area where I live because the Washington Capitals are finally in it. Finally got a chance to erase that choker label. They got over their biggest nemesis, which is Pittsburgh. Um, they're up against the expansion team that's in there. Took a L game one. But Brandon Holtby saved last night. If they go on to win this Stanley Cup finals, it's going to be the most talked about thing in this city, in this area, the DMV area. So um, we'll see how that uh, plays out. But we know how we go here. The NBA is the biggest news happening for us. And we're going to talk about uh, the conference finals, the game sevens. And then, you know, for our callers, we're going to get their predictions on the NBA finals because our predictions and our preview for the finals isn't going to come into the second hour but you know if you call in be ready to give your NBA finals prediction and with that said uh, before we go into this conference finals recap we're going to get the homie Tobias on the line calling all the way from Arizona but he is a Tide fan so what up roll damn Tide what up Tobias roll damn Tide baby what's going on gentlemen <laughs> not much man how are you good good I just want to tell White I just want to tell white people, Colin Kaepernick finna get a fat check, white people. Hey, you, you, you got to thank number 45 for that one. But, uh, <laughs> hey, he finna get a Jimmy G deal out of this probably. But, uh, you know, basketball, for example. And like this past, I think what got me by LeBron is that I don't dislike him. It's his fans. And it's like how they make it like it's not about winning as long as he gets his stats. They crap on his teammates. These are good NBA ball players. They may be they're inconsistent, but these guys are these guys are doing just fine before they got to the Cavaliers. Maybe some of those young guys aren't ready for pressure of playing with LeBron in the playoffs where it's championship a butt. Let me let me let me stop you right there before you make your next point. Because that what you just said is paramount into the reasons why I always say I do not want LeBron James to come to the 76ers. Like, people think I'm crazy. Like, you crazy. When you can get the best player, you get him. Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, after that it just goes, you hate LeBron. I'm like, yo, what are you talking about? Like, LeBron's my son's favorite player. And that wouldn't even be possible if I disliked LeBron. Because if I badmouth a player, my son's going to school the next day to badmouth a player. That's just the, the effect I have over him. He's six years old. LeBron's been his favorite player since he was three. So hey, come on. I got a I'm quick the, question. I'm the biggest Dev. influence in his life. So miss me Dev. with that. I, I, but, can I ask you a quick question, uh, Dev? Does your son yeah. hate Robert Covington as much as you do? 
I'm pretty sure he will say something <laughs> negative about Robert Covington if Robert Covington came on. That's, that's, hey, that's how it is, man. B, no, B got a little boy, man. Like, they hear what you say, they absorb it, they start to think like you. So it's like when people tell me that, and then I'm telling them how, you know, my son loves this dude, I'm like, and it wouldn't be possible. If I didn't like LeBron, my son would not like LeBron James. But that's 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 a whole other story. You can't be objective sometimes, like when you're talking about LeBron, because if you're being objective and everything you are saying isn't like totally riding his coattails, then you're hating. I, I tell y'all every week on the show, like I've been accused of hating LeBron and being a LeBron a Bron sexual in the same conversation by different people. Crazy. <laughs> like, like it's just crazy because this dude is that polarizing that you're not allowed to say anything without being labeled. But that point you made is paramount, man. I tell people that all the time. First of all, Le- LeBron, he wields too much power. And you get on a team with him with a bunch of young players who aren't ready to be on what I call the LeBron legacy schedule, and then you tear their confidence apart for the rest of their career because when they can't keep up, with the king, then they're bums, they're garbage, this and that. Like you said, these guys were great players. Not great. These guys were good players in other stops. And when this trade was made, oh, all the LeBron fans, all the, the media, the talking heads, everybody was excited. And I didn't understand why. I'm like, I, I kind of rather have IT and, and, you know, all the guys that they traded. I just thought they just needed to – take some time to get the chemistry together. But no, people told me, oh, they're much better than they were last night. Now all of a sudden these guys can't play because they're not averaging a certain amount of points. But it, but it kills me to see people say that somebody's doing this by themselves, like Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, none of these guys that, that gets argued about on a daily basis, none of these dudes ever play by themselves. Like LeBron's not grabbing 60 rebounds a night. He's not scoring 100 points a night. <laughs> he's not getting 30 assists tonight. So all the rest of those numbers are coming from somewhere. You know what I mean? So it, it's disrespectful, and it's really – like people like to simplify the game a lot. And they see somebody, you know, do a lot on a basketball court, and they just dismiss everybody else. But that's that's a great point, um, Tobias, because <laughs> it, it's, it's crazy. Like people just aren't ready for LeBron's legacy schedule, man. These dudes yeah, just got because- in the league. That's a lot of pressure, man. Yeah, because usually young teams, because I always use the Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen. They said, "Well, Scotty Pippen, Michael Jordan ain't winning for Scotty Pippen." He and Horace Grant were in their fourth year before they won. Those players have to mature. They right. have to grow. They have to take their lumps. And I think that's people say what that like, like Scotty stepped on the court and then they started winning. Yes, Mike had the groove. Yeah. Scotty, Scotty was known to be soft back then. <laughs> yeah, you got to mature, and I think that's what a lot of people are missing. That's why sometimes LeBron. And LeBron actually knows it. LeBron, that's why he wants veteran players. He knows himself, <laughs> you know. And, uh, so I give him that. But the problem is that all these people, they, when they lose, they keep going, well, he was a favorite. No other superstar got that treatment. They kept saying Jordan shot too much, Kobe shot too much, Shaq didn't show up, all these tragic Johnson. So I think you got to stop making excuses. Sometimes the team may be the better team. But at the same time, it's like, look, if you don't win it, hey, it's okay. You may not get seven championships. It's okay. You got three. You got a hell of a career. You done a lot for the youth in Akron. You changed the game in a way where you got a lot of young 
players looking up to him. That is something where, hey, he got a lot to take from that. But I want to say this real quick. Uh, go, everybody's hating these super teams. They don't last forever. Go to state. These guys are about to turn 30 years old, and KD and Steph have injury issues. Draymond has turned to the Draymond we all know and love. You know, putting up Lonzo Ball stats, but somehow he has intangibles, a.k.a. Bruce Bowen with a personality. Uh, that's all he is. <laughs> but, then, but then Clay may leave because Clay, go, you know, who, his daddy may say, hey, look, you need to get your money because Clay ain't necessarily got endorsements like that. And so it don't last her because, mind you, they yeah, have Clay, no business. Clay's shoe deal is weak. Clay's shoe deal is weak. Yeah. <laughs> Clay got a shooting and I mean, I think, I think uh, on the court-wise, if and when he does, it's not going to go as he thinks because I don't believe yeah. Clay is the number one option. But, hey, you got chips, go get your money. Especially if you get your third championship, go get your money, man. Yeah. <laughs> you got nothing else you know, to prove. My thing is, it's like, and my prediction is, because the Warriors are too cool for school at times and they turn the ball over, I think it'll be 4-1 Warriors uh, because I think what Cleveland problem is, they don't have an – and it's, it's not even LeBron, but I think it's a Ty Lue issue. Every time something goes wrong, Ty Lue wants to change the lineup. Sometimes you guys say, hey, we go roll with these guys. We got to make it work. Some of these guys aren't equipped for constant change, saying, if I mess up, I'm getting pulled. Sometimes you just got to roll with it and let the people take their lumps. So I, I, I think the Warriors should win 4-1. 4-0, but, they, but they're too cool for school. But I think, watch out for this, though. A couple of years ago, Cleveland gave a blueprint on them. You beat them up. You be physical. You be tough. Right. You bump stuff around. And I think that's why when people are they're they, they the greatest team ever, some of those teams from the 2000s and, like, the uh, 90s, that's what they would do to Steph and Durant. And, uh, and, you know, and I say this before I go. New NBA, you can miss 20-some threes in a row. You still jack them up. <laughs> <laughs> Analytics. Analytics tell you that you still got a better chance to keep doing that. Yes. Uh, and I see, don't... the thing is, is that you have players it's who can ultimate... take it to the hole. Yeah. I was, I was never good at math. I was never good at math, fellas, so I guess I can't dispute that, you know, the, the analytic thing, but it just it looked funny to me. It don't look right to me. But anyway. Yeah. Is that shooting threes is being a shooting team and is unlikely, even with Golden State having done it once. If you look throughout history, one something happening one time is an outlier. So it's like I really still think that that's not the way to go. And Golden State has figured that out. That's why they went and got Kevin Durant, who can get more than just a three-point shot. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. We'll see. 4-1... Yeah. Four two, four two. All right, cool. Well, Tobias, you know we appreciate you. Hey, call, man. Always. Hey, you're, Hopefully we wrap to you next week. All right, you too, All right. bro. All right. <laughs> so yeah, that that's that's uh, today's NBA, man. And speaking of that, let's let's talk about those game sevens. You know, we we talked about some of the earlier games uh, when we were on the air last week. So both conference final series went seven games. Um, I, I thought it was a formality, truthfully, um, with Boston and 
uh, Cleveland, and a lot of people thought, well, Boston is undefeated at home during this playoffs, so they should win this game. But I kind of knew, and I think I told you guys, like in a chat, B, you and you and Jimmy, like if Boston doesn't take care of them right now in game six, if Boston can't get theirs on the road, because they've only won once on the road, and that was in Philly um, throughout the whole playoffs. I'm like, if they can't get their road win right here, then this series is over. Because, you know, as much as we scrutinize LeBron and all that, like a game seven with – the Celtics basically playing with their much of their backup squad versus a LeBron James-led team, like I just didn't think they, they had a chance in a Game 7 situation. It's like if you can get one on the road and take this in six and avoid that back-against-the-wall seventh game, I, I thought they had a real good chance. But when they didn't get it done in Game 6, I pretty much knew that it was over. Um, now – this goes into that analytic talk that we were just talking with Tobias, and we will get into the Rockets going seven for 44 from three-point land in, a, in a, a game seven situation. But the Celtics weren't any better. The Celtics went seven for 39 in a game seven against LeBron and the, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, I, I, I just don't understand it, man, because the, the analytics tell you, you know, this is a better shot than going to the hole, but – when it's not working, like it can't be a better shot if it's not falling for you. So if you get to a point where you're headed for like a 7-for-39 game and your back is against the wall, at some point somebody has to put their head down and go to the basket, try to create some fouls. You, you, you found yourself in a little deficit, a little hole. Try to create some fouls and score some points while the clock is stopped. Everybody – just launches bad threes even from people who don't necessarily shoot a good three-point percentage. And then some people came down to earth in this game, like a Terry Rozier. And I'm not going to judge him off of one game. I'm pretty sure what he showed people throughout most of the playoffs is, you know, leans more to what kind of player he actually is. I'm also sure that because in this little window this little this little sample of basketball, which was important basketball, I'm pretty sure a lot of other people are going to overrate Terry Rozier and what he actually is. But, you know, the, the, the cream rises to the top. That's why we have seven-game series. Like, what did you think when you sat there and you watched Boston just launch three after three? And that's not even really what they do well. I mean, they've been shooting the three well throughout the playoffs, but Boston – made their their name on a little bit of a different method throughout the regular season. And of course, this is today's NBA, so three-point shot was a big part of that. But I'm just not used to them just launching desperation threes when the situation didn't even call for desperation just yet. Like, What were your thoughts on that, B? Um... I first of all, man, salute to Boston. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, it's hard to right. say that with me being a, a they, Sixers fan. Yeah. They definitely, you know, I'm, I'm proud of those. Well. I'm proud. I'm proud of those young dudes and what they were able to accomplish in the face of what amounts to the best uh, player in the league, in LeBron. And I also feel like I'm scared for my Sixers because I think if Boston sticks together. 
they're going to be a problem for years to come, at least three or four seasons, if they stay together. Specific to that to that series and that team, I, I did feel like I feel like a lot of teams now in this day and age fall in love with the long jumper, and some of that is analytics. Some of that is the Golden State Warriors. Some of Golden State. Yeah, some of it is Golden State. Some of it is AAU basketball. And so now it's showing up in the NBA. And I, I blame coaching because you can coach and discipline your players to a point where some of them don't take those shots. Because now it's just like everybody feels like they're empowered to shoot from distance. And it shouldn't be that because – it provides long rebounds. It makes it easier for the defense. Because if you're going to shoot from 23 to 27 feet, I'm going to just put a hand up. Like, I don't really have to play defense. And when it stops falling, all I'm doing is concentrating on long rebounds. So there's other forms of analytics or other forms of the eye test that can tell you that that methodology isn't going to work all the time. And when it doesn't work all the time, what, how do you change? What's your, your strategy? Going to the basket is one thing, but also having a, a, a back-to-the-basket or mid-range player is the other. And nobody mentions the fact or people lose sight of the fact that Golden State has Kevin Durant. And he's a 37 or 38% three-point shooter, so he chucks it up as well. But he can go to the elbow in the pinch post and get you 20 all on mid-range, all on 16 to 18-footers. And so Boston needed to do that when the three stopped falling. And I think that Tatum has that ability, but Tatum is 20 years old in his rookie season. So he already showed you what he's going to be and what he has, which is a, a beautiful thing. But coaching, Brad Stevens, you got to tell them boys to get mid-range or get to the cup. And they just did what they could do. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not mad at Boston. I would have thought that it would be a very bad thing for LeBron's legacy if he lost to that team in that scenario. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just difficult to understand sometimes, man, uh, the, the new age bats. I'm not saying, you know, that basketball when we grew up was perfect because it was far from that. But as much as uh, athletes improve, you know, guys get bigger, stronger, faster, everybody can shoot from long range, um, as much as all of that improves, I, I still think basketball IQ has decreased a little bit. And I think it's because of that kind of stuff. Like you take for granted the fact that, you you know, these players are bigger and stronger and everybody can shoot. So people fall in love with that kind of stuff. Um, Skyview in the chat room, he said, I, um, I think someone somewhere, he says he's the chairman of the conspiracy theorists, he said, I think someone – Somewhere is in a board meeting with Adam Silver taking an opinion poll on what finals would sell. Um, yeah, I mean, this finals is always going to sell because you have, you know, some of the top players. You have, like, at least three top ten players in this series. Um, when Kyrie was a part of it, you probably had, like, four top 15, top 20 players in the series. And I, and I might be shortchanging some people because some people think Clay is is somewhere in that. I I happen to not think that. 
Um, <laughs> I don't think Clay is in the top 15 to 20 players in the league. That's not a diss to Clay um, because he might be the only dude in the league that can light you up for 60 while only dribbling the ball 11 times. But I think that tells you something about his game on the positive and the negative side. <laughs> the fact that, you know, he can do that is a positive. The fact, and then again, the fact that he can do that may tell you something about if Clay decides to leave this particular team and become a number one option somewhere, I don't think his game offensively is well-rounded enough to be that guy. If you don't have some of the best players in the league opening stuff up for you and passing you the ball right where you need it, Clay might not be the guy that we've that he's become in Golden State. So on the, on the same note, uh, Houston <laughs> in the Western Conference chucked themselves basically out of the series in the game seven versus Golden State by going seven for 44 from the three-point line, at one point missing 27 straight three-pointers. When you're, when you're chucking and you miss 27 straight, at what point in that 27 do you say, all right, we got to do something else? And I think a lot of this series came down because Houston could have very well beaten this team. It's obvious. They went to game seven with them. They could have very well beaten this team, but they fall into bad habits. And what did we say at the beginning of the series, B? Houston is such a good team, and they ran through the league with such ease this year. Their bad habits didn't matter because they were playing inferior competition. They were going to win these games anyway. So when you're winning games, you sometimes don't notice that your bad habits are bad habits. But after getting washed in game one, and we said, okay, if they're just going to play this iso ball and then chuck threes at the end of the shot clock every time, they're not going to beat this Golden State team. And they came close to beating them, but in the end, those bad habits reared their ugly heads because they kept chucking threes even when the three-pointers weren't falling. And then your man James Harden was back trying to get into filet videos instead of just playing with the going between his legs 64 times before he makes his move, um, flopping anytime he thought he got fouled, which – Sometimes it backfires on you because while you're flopping and falling and trying to lure the ref into getting a call and complaining, fast breaks are going the other way. <laughs> so it's like that, you know, you give up six, eight, ten points a game just complaining and flopping and trying to sell something that the refs aren't going to give you. Seven for 44, B, 27 straight misses. I mean, I know it's redundant because we just talked about the Celtics doing something similar. But come on, man. At, at what point do you do something different? Yeah, Eric Gordon tried. Eric Gordon tried to do something different. He attempted it. He went to. He's just not that guy. He went to. But he did. But he's just not that guy. Exactly. Yeah. Like he, I remember he he had a little spurt where you're like, okay, that's what's up. Eric Gordon trying to keep him in it, but. He's just not that guy. It's, you know, it's only what <laughs> Jay say. It's only so long fake thugs can pretend. And that's not a knock on him. That just means why Eric Gordon is carrying your team, which is unlikely. You know that's going to be short-lived. So you got to get yourself together while Eric Gordon is keeping you in the game. Superstars couldn't do that. There was no Chris Paul in the building. So, you know, they were undermanned from the start, but they still could have won that game, man. They went out firing, live by, die by. 
I'm just like 27 straight misses, B. Like, seriously, man. At what no. point? At what point? Do you That's do terrible. <laughs> they got their man P.J. Tucker out there thinking he's a bomber. Apparently, he makes some. You know, and I say apparently because, you know, we got this long-running joke that for some reason when P.J. Tucker hits threes, I'm, all, I'm always any? looking the other way, yo. <laughs> I'm always looking the other way. I think he may have hit the one that stopped the 27, um, the 27 shot drought. I think he might have been the one that hit a three late in the game to stop that drought. I, I don't know, man. Like this, like these game sevens were the epitome of the phrase of the cliche, whatever you want to call it. Live by the three, die by the three, because these these dudes died very hard on their three point swords. Um, let's go to the phone line. See what see what the callers think. We got the homie Rob calling from Cali. He was on our social media calling us out because we didn't get to him last week. So I told him we definitely was gonna get to him. Rob, what's going on, good brother? You in the war room? Can y'all hear me? Yes, sir. Yo, what's up, man? It's your boy Big Rob, aka Rough and Rugged. Yo, it's your boy Big Rob, aka. Yo, go ahead, man, man. Stop tapping my phone. But anyways, man, how y'all doing? <laughs> Pretty good. How are you? So, up, um, real quick, I know you probably got some stuff of your own, but what's your thoughts on, like, this new NBA? Like, we would look to do those two game sevens in the, in the conference finals, and we watch how these teams just basically shot themselves out of it, jacking up 39 and 44 three-pointers respectively, only hitting seven respectively. Hey, what do you think of that kind of basketball? That exciting uh, thing? It's um, uh, I think it's I think you you can say probably the coaches, and you could say the um, organizations overthinking themselves because it's it's just it's just they're overthinking themselves. They're not just thinking like. You know, I mean, I mean, there's, it's unnecessary to take on those threes, and it's not, it's not exciting. I mean, Kev, Steph Curry get really, and, and 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 I was, even though I hate Mike D'Antoni because I'm never a Laker fan, I'll never forgive him for being here. You know, messing up the team. You know, I should say messing up the team, dude. Sodomizing the corpse. I'm not, uh, you know, I I was I was um, rooting for Chris Paul because Chris Paul exposed Steph Curry. You know, you you can you know you're not gonna to be an elite bass elite especially at the point guard position. You can't play Harlem Globetrotter ball. You can't just take those trick shots all all the time. You have to you have to defend both ends of the court. And Steph Curry was looking pretty t- gassed. You know, when he was when he said Paul he exposed them. You know exposed them how defensively. Defensively, even though even even then even offensively, he looked gassed. To me, he looked gas. To me, he looked gas. Like, you know, playing simple team dog skin. Your boy did not want none, and Chris Paul really wanted it. Chris Paul was on a mission for that ring. He's on a mission to. Rob, you are you know, out of your mind. Oh, 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 oh! Because I know B. Austin low keys offense. Low keys offense. Steph Curry, but but but, but so, so I, nope. I'm, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna jump on the next one. It's not the so, low key so, about it. So, so your man nah, Steph Curry wasn't dancing on the court. He was well, having I, I, fun. I, I, There's I, nothing wrong with I, having fun. 
I personally think no, that um, I'll, I'll talk, I'll talk I think Chris Paul I think Chris Paul was getting the better of him in the series until he got hurt. But at the same time, if you look at a lot of what's going on in the court, both of those guys get hidden defensively because they weren't really guarding each other most of the time. <laughs> you you would look and and Chris Paul would be guarding somebody like <laughs> Draymond. <laughs> Or if they had Iguodala in the game, somebody like that, and well, he you know he ended up injured as well. But th- but those are the kind of guys when they play them that Chris Paul is hiding on. And then you look at the other side, and Steph Curry's guarding like a Trevor Ariza or somebody like that. So a lot of times these guys are being hidden from each other on the defensive end anyway. But I would say that Chris Paul probably was getting the better of Steph in the series. You gotta at some point you gotta feel sorry for Chris Paul, um, because he does take criticism from me for being so highly regarded, but I never really thought he was a prime playoff um contributor. At at the same time I never thought that he was just a playoff choke. Like there was always context, there was always something behind it. Um, every time he lost and didn't advance as far as we thought he should, you know, it wasn't because he played bad. Not every time. There were some times where he just didn't answer the bell, answer the call. This particular uh, playoff season, he did seem hungry, probably because he knew this was his best shot at it. And the fact that they were going toe-to-toe with the Golden State Warriors, that probably just gave him way more confidence. But you have to feel sorry for him at some point because a lot of times when – He's on a team that does have a shot to advance far. His playoffs always seem to end with an injury. Um, I was actually under the impression that there there may be a way that Houston gets lucky and wins this game seven without Chris Paul, kind of making the road easier for LeBron James because I think they had a better chance beating Houston than they do beating the Golden State Warriors, especially if they lucked out beat the Golden State Warriors and then limped into the finals with Chris Paul being either questionable or not being 100%, you know, I thought it would have been prime pouncing time for LeBron to luck up and get his fourth title. Didn't happen. So, of course, now I think Cleveland's in trouble. But, you know, I see what you're saying. I wouldn't say Chris Paul exposed Steph because if you watch basketball, you've known for quite a long time that Steph is not – a defender. So if somebody was out there and they wanted to wind Steph up, if he took the defensive assignment, then nine times out of ten against one of these great point guards, there wasn't much he was going to be able to do on the defensive end anyway. So B, what were you saying? Why you say Rob was out of his mind? No, I, I feel like the the whole <laughs> the whole Steph Curry and Chris Paul matchup. It's a good matchup. I don't feel like Chris Paul on paper is, is was was busting was busting Steph Curry's tail by any stretch. I think Chris Paul was having a good series. I think Steph, you know, Steph coming back from an injury, which he didn't make an excuse for. Um, he wasn't his usual, but he wasn't he wasn't bad in that series. I think. You breaking up, good brother? You just disappeared into the night. Hey, Rob. Oh, 
Hello? Rob, you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm still here. All right, before we let you go, man, give us your NBA Finals prediction, man. Who's going to win um, and how many games and who's going to be the Finals MVP? Uh, okay, I got Cleveland in seven, Ooh. and I got LeBron. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> oh, man. No, nah, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Uh, he needs, like, at least two LeBrons to be on that team to have a chance. Uh, uh, uh Golden State, sweet. Get my broom out. Damn. Sweet. No, that's kind of sweet. I mean. I don't know, man. I, this I, ain't I was, 20. This ain't 2007. King ain't getting swept, or is he? The King. <laughs> I mean, I'll I'll give I mean I'll give LeBron this the 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 fouls before the last one when they beat Golden State. Um, that was a great classic game seven. I'll give him probably, you know, we're saying that he'll be the top five, but um, uh nah, you know. That, and, and, and 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 I will say this. Hello, I want to say two things. I want to say one. Thank you, Michael Kendricks, for all all you know for everything you did for the Eagles. I'm still mad that they let him go. I don't know. Yeah, why I, I see you. I saw you were a little upset about that. I like yeah, Michael Kendricks as well, but you know, it, I, I don't feel anything about them releasing him. <laughs> he was a little and, inconsistent and, when he was on. He was. A very good player, but he wasn't always on. So, mm. we'll find somebody. And the second thing about about the national anthem, which I really want to talk about last, last week, the national anthem pro, uh, policy. Um, I say it's a point. I, I I don't think that because I knew because I know everybody was boycotting last year because Kaepernick was. Not, not, uh, you know, in the NFL and in the, in the, uh, playing, and to me, I, I expected that, and that's just something that has to happen, because if, if, if people know anything about, you know, history, every it, during the times that um people actually took a stand, it, 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 it you know, it, it, it goes out to that saying, you know. People, you know, be ready to do something, or what comes time to do, they chicken out, right? But people understand the consequences. Like, you know, y'all had uh, John Carlos, and what happened to them? Or even the white guy who who gave them the glove when he went back to Australia, he couldn't get a job, right? Um, hello. Yeah, we're here. We're listening. Uh, Muhammad Ali was, I get, you know, Mission Islam abandoned him. He couldn't get a job anywhere. He was flat broke. Like people. People don't realize in history when you actually take a stand for injustices, there you know you know there are consequences. These consequences reach a certain magnitude, and and stuff like this happens. So I was so I wasn't surprised after the Kaepernick not not getting a job. You know, and right. I was ups- I'm more upset that people take the message to the, take take away the wrong thing, the wrong message. People forget he was sitting down. When he met right. with the Green Beret and the Green Beret from the Seahawks convinced him, well, I just don't think mm-hmm. right. I'm not saying anything bad about it, but you know what? Take a knee. Because taking exactly. a knee, we do that. the military guy who told him to take the knee, and everybody keeps saying he's disrespecting the military, disrespecting the flag. But, but Rob, that just shows you that's the kind of country we live in. It's not 
It's not even at this point that people are taking the message the wrong way because the message has been explained to them 50 million times. They just don't want to hear it. They don't care what your message is. They just, you know, they see something and they want to make a deal about it. Doesn't matter what you tell them, they're going to create their own narrative and make you look like the bad guy. So it's not even like it's not people mistakenly taking it the wrong way because, you know, we could say that's a mistake at first, but if you keep being told over and over again and you still like F you, then at that point you just have to realize that people just aren't willing to listen. You know, so, you know, don't – we we just got to call it what it is, man. You know what it is. I'm, I'm flabbergasted by it. I mean, in, in, in this and, – and you know what? I, I am going to call you out, Dev, on this, though. I guess I guess all that money that they paid to your boy Malcolm Jenkins' program was didn't cut it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because oh, God. Here we go with that again. This policy. <laughs> Here we <laughs> go with that again. <laughs> The money is to be dispersed over seven years. Their policy has nothing to do. Like they were, like they're, they've been scared into this by by Donald Trump and and his words and all that kind of stuff. They're looking out, in my opinion, for the wrong people. Like I, I really, I really think that the sponsors, that NFL sponsors, need to start looking into certain things because they don't want to be on the wrong side of history. I know for most of these people it's a numbers game. Well, well, we're appeasing the the greater mass of our fans because the ticket season ticket holders and and these you know everybody who they think is spending the most money on football are the ones who's against the players doing all of that. But at some point these sponsors and they got to have some backbone. You know what I'm saying because the NFL Otherwise, as far as TV contracts and tickets, like they're going to get their money regardless. Like you're going to be the ones that start to look bad because a lot of people who, you know, they're trying to get that message across anyway. People are like, look, you boycotting the NFL is really not doing anything to the NFL unless, you know, it's just in your mind that I'm just not going to mess with them for doing this. But if you're actually trying to make a difference and to make a dent in their pockets to make them try to change their mind – their sponsors are the ones that you probably should be going at because they're the ones who keep the ship afloat. But yeah, 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 yeah you're right. And these NFL players, they they really and they can make the I biggest. I don't think they have the goals enough to actually and, and forget about protesting the Kaepernick a job. The, the the issue is not having them to get a job. The issue is like, and why? I mean, I mean, forget the hundred million dollars. That's Come up and get a bill on like police training or redistricting, hiring the way they hire officers, or stop or stop giving them uh, armored vehicles and military militaristic like weapons to, uh, but to that's use a, on that's you know. That's the question American I ask everybody who criticized that. Who's to say that they aren't fighting for that? Before Malcolm Jenkins ever took that meeting, and 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 the, the, took that money from the NFL, he had already been in city hall. Listen, listen, listen to me. Listen to me, Rob. Yo, Rob, listen to me. Before he even had that meeting, he was already in city hall, city council meetings, trying to get stuff done about you know some kind of police re- reform and stuff like that. So it's like, yeah. like we're not. 
we we can focus on more than one thing at the same at, at the same time. Like I think people they dismiss black people like we're not smart enough to focus on different things at one time. Like who's to say that people aren't out there fighting for that? I'll, I'll give because him, they got I'll one thing done. That. It's like we're going to ignore it. Oh, they took this money from the NFL, but why can't they do this to get I, police? Who said they're not fighting for that? I am aware. I, I am aware of Malcolm Jenkins' activity in the city of Philadelphia and the dialogue and conversation that he's had with the state. Uh, yeah, he went to the state. He went to the state. I think that some of those things need to be better publicized. And I think that some of the things he had to accept to receive that money kind of diluted the poignancy of his of what his message. What did he accept, B? What did he accept? He didn't leave there being forced to do anything. It was his thing saying, uh, all right, I'm not going to kneel oh, anymore. On. That was his thing, but what did he accept? Let me, oh, okay. This policy so has nothing to do he, with that. He was the one that said, I won't kneel anymore, and I won't. See, I was under the impression that it was conditional. Him receiving no. the money was conditional. He voluntarily decided, I'm not going to kneel anymore. I'm not going to make those wins. He didn't say, okay. all right, I'm going to make sure my, my guys don't kneel anymore. No, he said, I'm not going to do that. He kind of thought that, you know, that made its point. He got something, so now it's time to sit and figure out what he's going to do you know, what his organiza- organization is going to do with this money for the next seven years. Like I said, seven years go by, and we don't hear anything about and, – and this is not going to be an NFL thing. Like, nobody's going to hear about this in the in NFL circles. NFL is just going to be reallocating that money. But in his local areas or wherever his – like, you, we just got to stay in touch with what his organization is doing since we know over the next seven years they're going to have more money than usual to deal with. That time goes by, and they don't do nothing but buy some new cars and new houses, then we got a beef. But I think everybody just wants to criticize people. Like, we're just so hard on each other as a people, in my opinion, sometimes. And people think, like, okay, he got this. Something need to happen overnight, or we're going to call him a sellout. Like, I, I, I still don't get that part. But what? – it, it, it definitely wasn't conditional. Like, he didn't say, you know, I'm going to take this and I'm going to make sure these guys don't do this anymore. It had nothing to do with it. That was just his personal thing. So, I, I, we know, and, and, gotcha, and the homie gotcha. Gus Griffin wrote about this last week on our on our blog, so check it out at warroomsports.com. The greatest way for this to, to, to get any traction would be for the players themselves to to refuse to work until, you know, the NFL changes this policy or, you know, shows some more compassion in this whole situation. Yeah. But that's a lot, lot to ask. On that. You know, it's easy for people to sit on the sideline like us and ask these dudes to to, to um, jeopardize their livelihood over what we think is right, even over what they think is right. But we all know that NFL money, NBA money, MLB money is totally different money. Like some of these guys, you know, you do this, you don't play, you don't, you come out and, and, and not play because you always know somebody in the NFL is going to play. They're never going to get everybody to do that, even if they did that. Some of these guys will come back the next week and not have a spot. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, unless you got 
the Tom Brady's of the world, the the Drew Breeses of the world, the you know those type high profile, high paid Aaron Rodgers players. Yeah, unless you got those guys taking a stand and leading and saying we're not going to play, that's when the damage is going to be done. But you know Joe Blow, who plays outside linebacker for a million dollars a year, like he could be cut, he could be replaced, and then. All he's going to be living on is our praise when <laughs> when he don't have a job and that, you know, there's no guaranteed money and he making as much money per year as, as we are. All he's going to live, he can't live off our praise. His family can't be taken care of by mm-hmm. our praise. So we would love to see them stand for something, but it's not realistic, especially especially in the this example, league. It's not realistic. The perfect example now is Eric Reed because Eric Reed can't get a job and he's an all-pro, right. pro bowl safety and no one will pick him up because he he's been white balled and um right. he took a stance with with <laughs> right. Cat. So I mean But I, that but that shows I, you I that, that, that I, makes the point that we just made, B. Even an all pro safety means nothing to people. You know what I'm saying? But let an all pro quarterback do it. <laughs> let an all pro you know, let one of them dudes do it. I don't, whether I don't black think, or white I don't like you need to matter. stand with your brothers. I don't even think it's a I don't even think it's a matter of him being an all-pro. I don't think it's a matter of him being an all-pro quarterback. I think the fact that it would be a white quarterback taking a stand for a black issue, that would be much more impactful. Even the little bit that Aaron Rodgers has said is more impactful in a lot of ways than it coming from a black superstar or a black player because white folks have this – misconception that we're just bitching and moaning and complaining and we need to go away anyway. So for it to come from, I think Chris Long, even though he's kind of a middle of the road player, Chris Long has as much impact as maybe even an Odell Beckham taking a stand. See, but no, but the thing is, I still don't think those guys – and, Rob, man, thanks for your call. We appreciate it. You got us off on oh. a tangent. We're going to wrap this up oh. in a minute and get to what we oh. wanted to get to, but we'll holler at you next oh. week, good brother. Thanks oh. for your call. All right. All right. Sweet. I got it. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, yeah, so even Chris Long, like even, even if it wasn't Aaron Rodgers, like I don't think that would resonate with the fans, even though a lot of fans are hypocrites. You know what I'm saying? Like they'll – They'll ride for somebody, ride or die, you know, all the way through. And this person turns and says something that you don't agree with. Like, they might listen to it in the privacy of their home. But we've seen it before, B. After a while, once these players have done everything for the, the fan that they could possibly do, all they'll do for a Tom Brady, especially somebody like him who's about to retire at some point anyway, you know, They'll still love him as a player, but on the personal side, they'll just think he's a traitor. <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll think he's a traitor. It'll have more impact with the actual league because these are your cash cows. If your cash cows are going to take a stand and threaten to not play and that kind of stuff, then the league has to listen. But the fans ain't going to do nothing but turn on him and call him all kinds of traitors. But once he's back out there on Sunday, then they're back out there on Sunday. Because these play, these people are rooting for the guys every week that they're telling to go move to another country for kneeling. Once the national anthem is over and the game start, these are the same guys that they're rooting for and you know putting their faith in every week. So yeah, there's a bunch of hypocrites out there, man. You know how that go. 
Right, right. All right, quick stat of the week before we get into some grind topics, some birthday shout-outs, and then the NBA Finals. Um, stat of the week is, is pretty obvious. It's about the NBA Finals. The Cavs and Warriors are about to lace it up later this evening. They're going to be the first two teams in NBA history to meet in four consecutive NBA Finals. Now, the previous record was three, which was set by these same two teams last year. So, so this is the first 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 two teams in the NBA Finals to square square off three times straight. Now they're the first two teams in NBA Finals history to square off four times straight. So shout out to them. And real quick before we get into these grind topics, you guys can check out our website at warroomsports.com. Uh, look, uh, if you want to call in and speak with us about the NBA Finals, uh, you can dial the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline at 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted. If you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. But uh, while you're on the grind, is brought to you by Sports the Book, and we're still awaiting the author of Sports the Book to join us. I don't know where, 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 what Jimmy's doing right now, but he should be with us at some point. But if you guys are tired of reading the same old sports book with the same lists, rankings, imaginary starting lineups, subjective GOAT arguments, and all that crap, be sure to pick up your copy of Sports. Smart people only read the sports. It's a mixture of sports, hip-hop culture, and just straight-up logical thinking that'll keep you on the edge of your seat, it'll keep you laughing, all kinds of emotions you go through while you're reading this work of art. So just go to sportsthebook.com or get your copy from our website at warroomsports.com. But wherever you do, wherever you get it, just make sure you don't miss that War Room Sports movement because the movement is still on. That's all we're about these days. All right, so um, look, Ben, your man, this may come as bad news to Sixers fans, man. You know, your, your young boy, B, Ben Simmons, <laughs> is rumored to be now dating Kendall Jenner, you know, of the Kardashian clan. No. Uh, no. What were your thoughts when you heard that? Because my first thoughts were, no! <laughs> no! <laughs> it's six it, months I to a year, ben, ben Simmons will either be a crackhead or an opioid addict. And um, his Yo, career and I hope it all the quick. promise. Yeah, I mean, because remember, he was dating Tanashi, so this dude is definitely into the high-profile women. Tanashi's little brother is even, you know, in his feelings, saying, you know, it was on, on something, saying, you know, you broke my sister's heart, and the next day these reports come out, so you must have been cheating on her and this and that. So Ben, like, the Sixers are being, you know, we're – we're embroiled in a lot of controversy right now to be a young team supposedly on the rise. Uh, you got this situation. Uh, then you got the situation with the president of basketball operations, Brian Colangelo. I don't know if you've been uh, researching and reading up on this story Please. or not throughout the week. So, so you heard about the, the five – Twitter burner accounts that yeah, Colangelo's using. Yeah, it, 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 crazy. Like, what, from an ethics and morality standpoint, like, he's a scumbucket. He's a he's a real scumbucket. And for people who who didn't follow this story, you might think, like, okay, 
you know, was so serious about that. Kevin Durant had burner accounts, and he was found out, and we laughed at him, blah, blah, blah. This is way more serious because, first of all, it's a look into narcissism, and it's a look into how people are willing to risk it all over social media these days. And if you don't know the gist of the story, Brian Colangelo had five Twitter accounts. Um, He was sloppy about it because they kind of realized they were probably the same person because they followed the same people. You know, all of the people kind of talked about the same stuff. But in a nutshell, what he was doing was using these burner accounts to basically deflect criticism of himself. So, So imagine if Nick Wright, Imagine if there were five Nick Wrights on Twitter and you were LeBron James. These five Twitter accounts would always take your back when somebody criticized you to the point where he was using them to to bash and say bad things about people on his own roster, um, his coach, and former uh, GM, president of basketball operations, Sam Hinkie. Because a lot, you know, a lot of people still, a lot of fans still respect Sam Hinkie, and when they tell him like Hinkie was better than you, he'd take it to one of these burner accounts to defend himself by acting like somebody else. The worst part about this was the bashing of people on his own roster. What he would do is, first of all, that he was giving out information that was supposed to be in-house information. So now that you hear this situation, you go back and you put two and two together, B, and you realize why we started to hear in the whole Markel Fultz situation why we knew that there was a, a personal trainer, you know, a friend of the family from Markel Fultz that was working with him on his shot. Like, we would never find that out if it weren't for Colangelo doing these things because what he would do he would put information out there that really only insiders would know but he would tweet it and tweet it at media uh, members of the media urging them to do research on it so that would work these guys would do research on it and then they would report on it and start writing articles with information that they shouldn't have ever known about in the first place he did the same thing with remember when uh, they were trying to trade Okafer they shut him down. He didn't go on a road trip because they thought they had a trade lined up. And then whatever that whatever happened, it fell through. So when they came back off the trip, he was dressed and playing again. Now, none of us knew why or what had happened, you know, why they stopped playing him and then they decided to start playing him again. He takes to one of his burner accounts, tells the people that Okafor failed uh, – no, he, you know, because he, he has to say it like he's somebody who's not really in the know. I have a feeling that he failed a physical from the other team. That's the rumblings that I'm hearing. You, sh- you guys should go research that and check it out. So then they do that, and now the reports come out that Okafor was in bad health. He failed a, 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 a physical for the other team. He even went on to bash Joel Embiid, his star player, for doing some of the things that he did. He was mad that he was on stage dancing at the Meek Mill concert, but instead of being a man and saying something to his player himself, he goes to one of his burner Twitter accounts, puts it out there, and tries to make it look like it's coming from another voice. B, what you said was 
absolutely 100% correct. This dude is a scumbag, yo. <laughs> scumbaggery. Because this is like sensitive information yeah, that he's putting out there. And it, when you look back at it, the only reason that he did this kind of stuff was because you're the general manager. You're the president of bas- basketball operations. So when this kind of stuff happens, when trades fall through and it look like you can't get it done, who does all the criticism fall on? Falls on him. So he, he, his on. whole thing, his whole modus operandi was, I have to protect myself. So I'm going to bash these guys and put out information about them that people would otherwise never hear because I need to defend myself and make myself look bad. The fact that people found you out makes you look worse than any fan could ever say in any criticism. What's your thoughts, man? Embroiled in controversy. We can't Um, even get good. I've never... I've never seen anything like this or heard anything like this. And, and you chose the word narcissism, and that's the perfect adjective for what this is. Like, I've never, like, I, I guess you have, when you're in the role that he's in, you you have a certain fiduciary and moral and integrity obligation to the organization, to the players, to just this yourself even like like how do you look at yourself in the mirror kind of doing this in the media painting a bad picture not only of the organization but players who are unaware who can't defend themselves like it yo i've never seen anything like this This yo he looks petty as hell b i'm telling when people praise hinky he went on the defensive (laughs) he went on the defensive like dude you have his job you know what I'm saying? You're the beneficiary of the so-called process. If people want to praise Hinky, let them do your job. Now, with the investigation that's going on now, yo, if he gets fired, he may never work in the NBA again because who can Ever. trust him? Who can trust him? You're giving out sensitive information as somebody else just so you can defend yourself from criticism. Like, are you that worried, worried about what people think? You just had a team that had, what, like a 24-game uh, um, increase in wins that went to the second round of the playoffs that has a very bright future, and you're worried about what some fans say on a social media site to the point that you do this? This is bad, B. This is bad. This is, this is you'll never get a job here again type of stuff because who's going to trust this guy? And, you know – He's going. He no said one, no he, he's taking talk. he's taking responsibility for one of the sites, I mean one of the pages, and of course he's taking responsibility for one of the ones that didn't tweet much. So he said he used it to basically just keep you know the pulse, keep an eye on the on the industry on the league. You can do that from your own account. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can do that from your own account. So that's BS. And Twitter, they I've I've already seen because you know on Twitter when you all you have to really say is, forgot my password. And they're going to say, okay, we've sent the password to the phone, the cell phone ending in this. So people investigated and did that on two of them, and it said, okay, we're sending the password to a cell phone ending in 9-1. 
his wife's cell phone ends in the the digits nine one. So he can deny it all he wants. Like the evidence is out there and they're investigating. I don't see him keeping his job much longer. I can see the 76ers having a new GM and president of basketball operations within the next three weeks to a month. And it's sad because you, you, you were the beneficiary of, it was like, all right, the dude, Hinky completely tore this down for for you, took all the criticism in the world from the league, from talking heads, from the fans who didn't like it, took all the criticism for doing what he was doing. You were brought in at a time where all you could do was improve it. You could have been the hero of the city of Philadelphia just by using all of the picks that he did, making some good ones, improving the team, which you were well on your way of doing, whether people liked you or not. They can't argue with results. But he was so narcissistic that he's willing to throw all that away because he takes criticism. B, you know, if criticism mattered to us that much, how short-lived this little, you know, thing of ours would have been? Like, we're in our eighth year right now. Like, you know how many times we've been told that our show was trash, our articles were trash, opinions were trash. Like, if we cared that much, we would have flipped our wigs by now and we would have been long gone. You can't live your life that way, especially when you're basically quote-unquote winning. Like, he's winning. He's in a situation where he's winning. Who cares what the people think? You're never going to, especially in a sports town like Philadelphia, you're never going to please everybody. (laughs) Everyone is going to have criticism. I don't get it. I don't get it. All right, last thing that happened while you guys were on the grind, because we're not going to be able to get to every single thing. But um, be familiar with this area, familiar with this team, and actually familiar with the process, the cheerleading process of the Washington professional football team. Um, They're under fire right now because there's an investigation going on into a trip um, back in, I believe, 2013 or something like that. They took their cheerleaders for a photo shoot, which is not, you know, it's not unusual. They took them to Costa Rica for a photo shoot. But the word has come out all these years later, this photo shoot, you know, they were forced to basically do their photo shoot topless. Um, Some of them were completely nude, only covered in maybe some body paint. So um, a lot of them are talking about how they were objectified on this trip. Not only were they kind of forced to go out there and do a photo shoot basically nude, they were also season ticket holders and big wigs, executives from companies that hold season tickets and suites, sponsors basically out there. Um, They were invited to this whole thing. And the women, not urged, not encouraged, but basically were forced to be escorts to some of these people at functions that were going on in the evenings. More details came out later and said, you know, if there were some people who decided, like, this is just too much and I want to leave, but they collected the girls' passports upon arriving in Costa Rica. So these girls couldn't leave if they wanted to. So some people are coming out and speaking now about this, and I'm I'm looking – I'm 
like when I read this, like you're the first person I thought of. I'm like because you know you know people who were involved in Redskins cheerleading, Wizards cheerleading, but you covered this team with me for the past seven years. Like you know how you know in many phases of the game they've made themselves into somewhat of a laughing stock at times um, with this whole name situation and how the owner won't budge on that to stuff like this. Like, yo, really? Like, what's up with this type of stuff? If you don't have respect for humanity on one level, it's easy to see how you won't have respect for humanity on another level. Like, it, it, it doesn't shock me. Um, having been, you know, probably one degree of separation from Daniel Snyder throughout my travels, uh, having been in the employ of certain institutions that have, you know, season tickets, luxury box suites, just watching and observing Redskins culture, Bruce Allen, there are some real sludge bucket scumballs that are moving around the Washington Professional Football Team organization. Bruce Allen's a drunk. Uh, uh, speaking of narcissists, um, <laughs> Daniel Snyder is definitely one of those. I, it, just, it, it, it just doesn't shock me on a couple of levels. Like, because it's this particular organization, I'm not surprised. But also, just the nature of NFL football and how – cheerleaders are treated. I mean, let's think about it. We really want to go deep. What is the purpose of a scantily clad woman with pom-poms on the sidelines of a football game? And, for, <laughs> right. and at the professional level, in particular, what, what be is objectified. that? I mean, <laughs> yeah, what, it, to be objectified. So <clears throat> on one hand, you could say, well, young lady, you're putting yourself in that position. Not that you deserve it. But then on the other hand, you could say, well, why is this still prevalent in 2018, why must we have, like, what, what is it for? What is it for? It's quite common, actually, for the cheerleaders to have to do things with sponsors. It's quite common. So that doesn't surprise me at all because they are pimped out, for lack of a better way. <laughs> but not escort them on a drunken evening after they sat around and watched you take pictures with your titties out all day. Like, that's a, asking a little much. <laughs> but, you know, these dudes were invited to stand around at the photo shoot. So, you know, at some point, you know, these dudes like, yeah, that's the one I want to, you know what I mean, go out with tonight. <laughs> like, like it, it, it's not you just. Know. <laughs> you know how that is. Dudes are scoping. <laughs> oh, I'm not Shot, going put it, put it like this. Shots were being shot know. that night. And to use shots, that were being shots were being shooted that night. <laughs> shots were being shooted. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's crazy because um, now Dennis Green, not you know, rest in peace to to the real Dennis Green, but the uh, president of business operations has resigned from the team amid uh, these reports. Um, he's been with them since two thousand one. Um, but, you know, this this report actually came out like three weeks ago. I saw it a few days ago and was like dumbfounded that we hadn't talked about it yet. Um, 
because this, you know, the New York Times reported this on May 2nd. The cheerleaders basically said they felt uncomfortable, they felt exploited after that trip um, where, like I told you, sweet holders were allowed to attend the photo shoots <laughs> and then everything that happened after that. So it kind of seemed like, it, it really seemed like to me, you know, and I'm not trying to, you know, tell on myself or anything like that, but you've been to, like, the Dominican Republic. You know that their strip clubs are a little bit different <laughs> than strip clubs here stateside. Like, I've been to a strip club. Like, we went in there thinking, you know, we're going to see some dancers and all this kind of stuff. Yo, they basically lined the chicks up in front of us and was like, which one you want? And they wasn't talking about dancing. So that so in a in a lesser trying to be more innocent type of way, this is kind of what it seemed like. Like you allowed these sweet holders to stand around while these women were already feeling uncomfortable being forced to to pose in the nude. So it's kind of like a meat market. Like I'm going to stand around, I'm going to see what's up, and then I'm going to pick which one has to be my escort for the night. And then wherever it goes from there, it goes from there. So this dude, Dennis Green, has ended up resigning over these uh, <laughs> over these reports. And it, it's, it's weird because a lot of other stuff is going to come out about this. I saw a few other articles that I'm interested in that I'm going to read. Um, I actually know somebody who was trying out for that cheerleading team um, this particular season. And I think they made, like, the alternate team. And I saw a headline that basically said, uh, and this is a story from today, actually. The woman said, the, NF, the, the headline says, NFL's alternate cheerleaders don't cheer or dance. So I'm, I, I haven't read that yet, and I'm interested in it. I have a feeling with, what it's kind of going to say. But, like, when you know somebody, B, but you don't really know them all like that, like, do you breach this topic with them? Or do you think they might get offended? You know what I'm saying? Even if you're doing it to try to help. Like, I don't know if you've heard about this type of stuff or not. Like, how do you breach that with somebody you don't know um, that well? I think that in this case, you know, I have in, I have in the past had loose lips, and we all know that loose lips can sink ships. And so because I'm aware of certain things and have met certain people in my life through my journeys, I listen, we, we both know young women who have cheered for the uh, Washington professional sports team as well as the, uh, the Wizards basketball team, quite a few. Right. I, I'm, I've never heard anything this risque. But I've been able to observe how they are treated and what goes on, sort of <laughs> what behind goes the on? scenes. Well, shout out to Chuck. And, and what, what's assumed, what's assumed, and it's a whole culture, the entire culture lends itself to this stuff happening. So it's kind of like, all right, so if this story doesn't occur and doesn't happen, I'm still advising my daughter, listen, you're more than a cheerleader. Like, you're more than someone who should be standing on the sidelines, putting on makeup, shaking your ass just because. And, and you don't get paid. 
And there are other cheerleaders coming out from other franchises around the NFL saying that this isn't an isolated incident or story or unique to this organization. This is commonplace. This is crazy, man. <laughs> it's so. crazy. And, and and folks, we're definitely not doing like the holier than thou thing. You know, we've been to plenty of NFL contact contests and we see people on the you know, field cheering and they look a certain way. We might comment to each other or something like that. But as an organization, like at you know, where do you draw the line? You know, they're talking about a twenty thirteen trip, but how you know, how many of these type of trips or situations have a lot of these women found themselves in. Um, this is just the one that they got caught on. Believe yeah, me. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. But, hey, look, that's what happened this week. Um, <laughs> while you guys were on the grind, um, well, besides that, Kim Kardashian is in, was in the White House talking prison reform. But we'll have to get to that another time. And the, the irony in that whole situation. But hey, if she gets something done, more power to her. But I got a whole God lot of bars on that situation. But we'll get to it at some point. Alright, so real quick, uh, we're going to give a few birthday shout-outs. And the birthday shouts are brought to you by whoever your Lord and Savior is because we do not have a sponsor for this segment anymore, but it's sponsored by the creator because he's the one who gave these people life, whoever their creator happens to be. So uh, we want to give a sh- birthday shout-out to Nate Robinson, um, athletic freak at five foot nine. Uh He turns 34. Um, he's also in, in the movie Uncle Drew that's coming out in about a week and a half. Um, that I've been interested in seeing since I saw the trailer some time ago. It's, you know, you ever saw a trailer for a movie, and you're like, yo, I know that's going to be silly, but I still want to see it. It looks funny. So yeah. shout-out to Nate Robinson <laughs> and what I think is his acting debut. Um, Jake Peavy turns 37. Yo, this name might be a blast from the not-so-distant past, but from the past. Matt Harpering <laughs> turns 42. You remember Matt Harpering? At one part, at one point, when they were looking for a, a Robin to Allen Iverson's Batman, like he he got a, a a few years to audition for that spot. Matt Harper was an okay player, you know what I'm saying? He wasn't the second on any team that you thought was going to challenge for an NBA title, but the the quest to find a number two that could fit in for Allen Iverson, fit in with Allen Iverson, was always hard for the 76ers. And Matt Harper, and, you know, he, he did what he could. Uh, Dwayne Coswell turns 50. A lot of people probably don't even know who this dude is. Um, former NBA center from Temple University. The only reason I thought that I should say his name, this dude married my next-door neighbor <laughs> growing up. Um, don't think it lasted <laughs> that long, but shout-out to him on his 50th birthday. Um, Kenny Lofton. Uh, turns 51 years old, and we'd like to give a 75th birthday shout-out to the one and only Joe Namath. NFL great. I want to we... kiss you, Susie. <laughs> Joe Namath, who might be one of the most overrated 
players in the NFL. Might be. A lot of people are not going to like that. But, um. <laughs> Yo, you know yeah. what's crazy about that, Dev? And, um, shout out to everybody I just got in the building. Um, what up, but, uh. <laughs> Yo, what's crazy about that is if you literally Google overrated NFL player, overrated NFL quarterback, he pops up. So yeah, we aren't the only that's one. That's because we used to talk there's, about him so much. Yo, there's, <laughs> there are a gazillion lists out there, and he always makes a list. Like, uh, there's several think pieces written about how trash he really is in retrospect. But to look to him for the market. He's one of them dudes. He threw far more interceptions than he did touchdowns. But I'm telling you. But he had a personality. <laughs> right. He's a personality. And guaranteeing a Super Bowl win when you're a prohibitive underdog and your team pulling it out will give you bank credit for the rest of your natural life. So a lot of people and it's funny though, look at I, Joe Namath as one of the greats. Him. I talked to O'Hare who like been in the football like before I was born, and a lot of them tell me that like the thing about him was he had a personality at a time when there really wasn't personality. Like football was like right. damn near the military. Like, God right. just didn't have personalities, and he was, like, one of the first ones to show one. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, let me get B back on here. He muted out. I'm like, what, what happened to B? What up, B? <laughs> no, um, is, Joe Namath, is Joe Namath in the Hall of Fame? Of course. Yeah. Yo, <laughs> I have no longer – yo, it just happened. Breaking news, it's an epiphany. I no longer have any respect. The NFL Hall of Fame. Dude was not good <laughs> at all. He wasn't good. It took you. He, it took you, Joe Namath. Joe Namath literally has. Yo, he has a negative touchdown to interception ratio. Like literally, that's not even like us making it up or joking. I was about to say, yeah, we talked about that a long time ago. Because you know yeah, what? He threw uh, twenty picks for like a buck seventy-three. We we look at no, some guys listen, now. And B, especially you, I like we'll look this. at guys, and we'll 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 call out their numbers, and you'll you'll talk about how they shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame because of their numbers. But the context I give to some of that is, and you know, and, you know I don't agree with a lot of people that's in the Hall of Fame either. But the context I can provide at the to time, some of those people numbers. are, like, there were no numbers before them. You know what I'm saying? A lot of these people were yeah, early. No, I, I get that. Right, so like but you had to put somebody know, in there back then. The one thing I do know is, uh, the one thing I do but know is Joe, than one. I'm about to say like, but but Joe, on the other hand, the context behind that, it's all personality and it's all surrounding that particular Super Bowl because he Joe. didn't even have the he didn't even have the numbers when you know they were trying to fill the hall with some of the originals. Like he, y'all, listen, he Joe. Didn't Here's the thing. I know, Jimmy, I know that statistically Jimmy, speaking, and there wasn't a lot of stats back then. But be honest, the one thing I know is I don't be wanting to face the truth. Like, I don't want the Hall of Fame to be trash, even though I oh, know no, it trash. is trash. It's trash. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But The one thing I know is this, right? So he has stats at a time nobody did. But I know two is greater than one and three at a lot. But I know that – um. <laughs> it, it was it was the Super Bowl prediction, but it was also the fact that my man used to sit there and wear straight fur coats on the sideline um, right. when he wasn't playing. Like my man was just like, and, and don't forget his le- his most legendary moment wasn't even on the field. Is I want to kiss you, Susie. That was classic. Right. <laughs> listen, listen, I'm a, I'm gonna give y'all something. This could be a highlight for him because this wasn't happening much back then. He threw for four thousand seven yards in 1967, but. Let me, tell you some context. 
Let me, and, and wait, wait, wait. And that was only in 14 games. So, Damn. all right, props to, props to Joe Namath for 1967. But at the same time, same season, he threw 26 touchdowns and 28 interceptions. <laughs> wait a minute. Not done yet. In that same season, his quarterback record was 8-5-1. and one. <laughs> So you lit it up. Yard is wise, but there's always something on his resume that messes everything up. So let me give you his entire career in a nutshell. His QB record for Donovan. his entire career, 62, 63, and 4. So, Jimmy, not only is his touchdown-interception ratio negative, his win, his win-loss ratio is negative. So he's yeah, 62, on, 63, on, and 4 all time, all right? Let me give you some more bars because I'm I'm okay. I'm very versed in Joe Namath is trash at the beat. So he's, <laughs> Joe he's, Namath uh, is trash. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Namath is trash. Listen, um, his career quarterback rating is 65.5. So I pulled up to someone and they say, "Well, that, that was high back then." Now, no, it wasn't. Some of his contemporaries, some of his contemporaries who were also in the Hall of Fame and played on that time. Or like uh, Roger Starbuck, his is 83.4, which is like damn near 20 points higher. Lynn Dawson, right. 82.6. And Sonny Jurgensen, 82.6. So See, but Jim, that goes back to people's enough. thinking. People act like like athletes were are just being born in this generation. Like oh, a lot of people think no, like, like, like with that, with that whole will conversation, will arguments all the time. People think seven-footers just started being born in the 60s. <laughs> they say like, we'll like, play no. when it was two teams and it was like five foot players. Right, and and everybody was everybody he was was guarding him was was six foot three. Oh. You know my biggest, you know my biggest. Be farther from the that, truth. My, my biggest thing that pisses me off about that whole thing is like, yo, you live in a town where you can just Google and find out. You a quick Google search will tell you that you're wrong. <laughs> exactly. You even have to yo, go to live real talk. research, dog. Get do your Google. Real talk. Wilt Chamberlain might have played against more dudes 6'10 and up than the great centers no, right he did. now. No, he like, did. He, he, he absolutely did. Maybe I've even the great centers of Shaq. Like, there's a lot of names Yo. in the Shaq era. Shaq, uh, Akeem, Ewing, all of them dudes. But once you pass the big dogs, research. they have access to the tools to learn, and they still lazy intellectually and won't do it all right. and think so they're right. Like, Jimmy, said, Jimmy, Jimmy gave you his – um. His passer rating, his completion percentage was 50.1. We're going to spend 30 minutes pooping on Joe Namath. He tried. <laughs> I'm almost done. His, he, he, he threw for 27,663 yards in a 12-year career. I'm sorry, in a 13-year career. <laughs> Joe Namath is trash. And then the capper, which we always lead off with, his – uh. Touchdowns, 173 to 220 interceptions. Damn! He's in the Hall of Fame, yo. This dude is in the Hall no, he, of Fame. He led the Won league in game farming, though. I don't, I, don't, I don't think that part's debatable. Yeah, I think Trent Dilfer might be better than Bo. Yo, we crap he on did Trent in, He did lead the league in yam farming, though, so we got to give him his credit for that. Like, oh, yeah. He, that's, he that's, that's not debatable. Yeah. That's, that's probably why yo, he was so tired we'll have 200. on Sundays. And his noodle arm. Boy, at 220 picks. Yo, Trent Dilfer has a higher winning percentage. <laughs> Yo, Brad Johnson is better. Yo, Mike Vick is better. How about, how Yo, about everybody's better. better. Nah, how about not Donovan quite. 
Nah, Donovan guaranteed Super Bowl win. <laughs> All right, so that's crazy because we pooped on dude for ten minutes because we were giving him a birthday shout out. Happy, sh- happy, happy birthday, uh, happy birthday, Joe. dog. <laughs> Trash ass boy. <laughs> happy birthday, Joe. I mean- I mean, at least you ain't th- at least you ain't throw over three hundred and thirty picks like Brett Favre. My fault. Happy birthday! Yay! <laughs> no, happy birthday to the homie, man. You know, happy oh, birthday. Oh, 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 <laughs> 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 hey, KG, I had to go on him like that, man. It's his birthday. Look, man, y'all can check out our website, worldroomsports.com. If you want to call in and give us your predictions. For the NBA Finals, you can dial the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline at 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted. If you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. And now that NBA rap is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. Do you or your business need a custom website? Well, for dynamic, professional, and most of all, affordable custom website solutions, you need Digital Extreme Technologies. No need to break the bank for an effective online presence. Top quality, results-driven websites at incredibly affordable prices. And even though the prices are incredibly affordable, you can still put something on it as financing options are available. So visit DigitalExtremeTech.com or call 267-205-4203. And to get those discounted rates, make sure you tell them the homies over at World Room Sports sent you. Alright guys For 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 our remaining 20 minutes man We got to talk about Cavaliers Warriors Part 4 Before we get into Our analysis of the series I've got to ask you guys Are you tired of seeing this yet Or No I'm never tired of seeing the ball loose (laughs) Or like Does the addition of Kevin Durant into the series starting from last year, like make it more intriguing and make you want to keep watching oh, installments. Oh, no, he's I just a coward that tried to get it easy. I know I may be in a minority with this, but I think the addition to Kevin Durant made it worse for me, and not because from a super teaming aspect, but I would have loved to see, and, and to be honest with you, like they, see, it's hard to say what I'm going to say because I think they were <laughs> more fun to watch without Kevin Durant. Like to see that team, it's like they had a they had a certain personality as a team without KD. You add KD on it, obviously it makes them a better team because KD is one of the top three guys I in the it. league. Because you had another like, guy yeah, that you take on a have to get the ball to. Because if you don't get they the ball to Kevin Durant, people though. are gonna be like, "What are y'all doing?" So yeah, it changes yeah. the dynamic. So they take on a they take on a different personality, and uh, I just don't find them as fun to watch. Um, and the funny thing is. I don't even know if they're – it's hard to say they're not a better team. How could you not be a better team with Kevin Durant? But they seem to be a better, quote-unquote, nope, team with him. Nope, 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 Jimmy. You know, I understand I exactly where hungrier. you're going. They may not be. I think they were hungrier it, it, without oh, Kevin. It's not even, it's not even just yeah, hungrier. They, There's they, a time they, they in the make, game. They may get bored. Yeah, they may get bored with Kevin it, Durant. Like, we know we're going to win. They, nah, it, nah it, it isn't even that. It's the ball, it's the ball movement. Because Kevin Durant okay. is such a great player where you can say, yo, we, we things ain't falling, yo, go get us a bucket. But then they start to fall into the habit of just standing and watching and letting yeah, him go yeah. one-on-one, You're right. You're right. which slows down. Their, that, their identity is ball movement, back cut, yeah. it, it, Draymond it, it, at the top. 
it takes you know, away you from think about it. what we got used to seeing with those guys and why yeah. everybody kind of fell in love with that team in the first place. Like, yo, the ball never yeah, stops so kind of, moving. But, but I think, but I think that, that's kind of what I mean by they take on a different personality yeah. because when you think about it, but, before they but, got Kevin Durant, they, they were Jimmy, played, yeah, they played like the Pistons, like the old uh, the yeah. Larry Brown Pistons, but with, but with more talent. They just talent. shot better. Yeah, better shoot. Devil's, devil's advocate. Jimmy, devil's advocate. Now we just talked about when the shots, when the three-point shots stop falling, having Kevin Durant to go to the block or go to the pinch post or go to the mid-range, it's a value because they don't have to keep chucking up threes when they're off. They have no, one or two true. guys that can that can get that can get a but bucket. But here's the thing, though. What I do. Here's the thing, though. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he when he's out of his game, like the, like this past Houston series. Like Steph went Benoodles a couple games and it was like I missed that. Steph used to go yeah. Benoodles all the time, but now he doesn't have to. But it's like when I saw yeah. Steph, like when Katie was stinking it up, Katie was missing foul shots. He was getting bullied by PJ Tucker. It's like somebody told Steph, like, "Yo, um, you got to get back and get back." And Steph did that. Steph basically started waving Katie off and was like, "I got us." And it's like when I watched that, I was like, "I missed that. I missed right. that." But you know, you know that, I would time, love like, to see. I would love to see Steph get the MVP of this series because, I like, you might be saying something similar to what I'm about to say, but, yeah, I mean, I think you were. Like, I think they're a more exciting team when Steph is getting off. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it, it's, it's better to watch. So I, I kind of if, if, if Steph ends up getting up the MVP everywhere. of this series, that means that they were a better team to watch because – Steph was doing his thing, and he's yet to win an MVP of one of these series. Um, <laughs> so I think he need to go out yeah. and try to get that on his resume. You know, and it's crazy because Yo. they never played with a sense of urgency, and I felt like before they had KD, they played all, every game and they were a sense of urgency because, right? I mean, they, even as good as they were, they, like Kevin Durant just makes them sort of like, I don't want to say a bad guy, but it's like, I think they it's like something to be off. They, they know they're better than everybody else. So, like, they but the reason I said like, they were hungrier, because you look at, like, the 73-9 and nine season. I mean, first of all, you're on that track, so, of course, you're going to go for it. But the fact was there wasn't a lot of letdowns for them in that season, even when they were trying. All right, you add Kevin Durant to a 73-9 and nine team, I don't think you're as hungry because, like, Jimmy, like you said, like, you know, like, at some point we're going to win – and once we get to the playoffs, these are seven-game series. The cream is going to rise to the top. Nobody's going to beat us in a seven-game series. Um, people started to take nights off and all that kind of stuff because once he comes, it's only about one thing. I don't really think if Kevin if Kevin Durant didn't come, I don't think the dynasty that we were looking at, I don't necessarily think it was a done deal because before mm-hmm. Kevin Durant came – LeBron was a much tougher out for them in in the final series. You know, sure he beat yeah. him one time. Yeah. So I don't. So I think with the emergence of a Houston, you know, without a Kevin Durant, even though he played like Basura in that series, mm-hmm. I still don't think they beat them without him because you still have to pay attention to him whether he's stinking it up or playing like a absolutely. bitch or not. So I, yeah, so I think absolutely. that dynasty that we were looking at was in jeopardy had they kept things status quo. Like, and I hate to say this because, you know, the whole thing about the way I feel about Kevin Durant now is because he joined the 73-9 and team. But I definitely don't think at this point that this dynasty that might start 
in a couple of weeks, in my opinion, because I don't think it's a dynasty and, and yet. The, and the crazy part is, like, it's, I don't it's, think it would be that without Durant joining. It's kind of it's kind of documented on the record in terms of my feeling of super teams. But I think that what he did in joining them goes beyond super teams. It was different. It's like LeBron yeah. got LeBron got his homies and went to somewhere that wasn't ish anyway, and they just no, like, it was like you know. Yeah, they, they they went down. They went to a hot weather place and said, "I'm gonna play with my home." That's one People thing. forget this though. It, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a 73 and nine team. It wasn't the top of the the conference team. But Miami did make the playoffs that that previous season. No, they got to they were a playoff team, but it ain't the same I'm sandwich. The like they were the 73 yeah, and nine. It, 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 it's definitely NBA, the same. It ain't the KD sandwich. It's, it's like sandwich it's like they weren't they were, not only were they 73 and nine, but they just beat you like. So and you like, had them three to the, one, so you yeah, gave that's up. That's not like, the same thing at all. That's not the same thing at all. So you know what? Kind of the, the layers keep peeling back on this one, because you said you know not only were they seventy three and nine, not only were they just in the finals, even though they lost, not only did they just beat you, <laughs> not only did you have them three one, but you peel back another layer of that onion. You were kind of the reason that they came back and won. You were playing yeah. choke ball. Like, yeah, pretty much. So it's <laughs> You like, were in the fourth quarter the like you were eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches the whole fourth quarter. So it's like, and a lot of people who just want to dog the ball Russ, but see, Kevin Durant wanted to get out of there. But, yo, he ran when Russ was kind of, you know, balling <laughs> in those fourth is, quarters. Even, and Kevin if, Durant even, if went, even if he would have went to Houston and teamed up with Harden, like, it's still ain't the same as you going to uh to to, to Golden State, yeah, and you know yeah, it's funny it's because I was not watching a, a video someone sent me a screaming a, and he was saying that LeBron is lucky because LeBron plays in the East, and for one, how are you lucky when you choose to play in the East? I don't think that's luck. It could be strategic <laughs> because you know he's going not, to luck, that's luck. That's yeah, that's not luck. That's strategic. That's strategic. Yeah, but but I was saying is like no one would have fought at Kevin Kevin Durant if you'd have joined up with John Wall, considering that would have been quote unquote going home like. It would have been gone home. People would have understood that. No, yeah, but yeah, Jim, like you like, said, I don't even think I would have knocked him for Houston. He would have had a legitimate storyline there too. Mm-hmm. I used to, we used to, I used to play with Harden. I got chemistry with Harden. I'm gonna go back and play with Harden. Yo, you know, it was before Houston was what they are they now. He go, they would have been better than they are now, and yeah. <laughs> but he, yeah, but he would have got credit for making them better. Than they had what they would have the been. Time, he, they? <laughs> they had who? They had Dwight Howard at the time, didn't they? They yeah, they did have Dwight cool. at the time. But at that point, Dwight, yeah. everybody disrespected him anyway. So you wouldn't really look like you were super teaming up with two other dudes because people don't respect. Like his respect yeah. had run out by then. So yeah, <laughs> but I'm just saying. So it's like the watch Golden State now. You know, because it, it, it almost looks like they're so good. Um, so we're not just pooping on them because they're a great team, but they're so good that. I don't even even watching them in the Houston series. I don't think they ever even in Game Seven like they they seem to never go full effort or like sweat. Like they always knew they were going to win, even in losses. It's, yeah. just, it's, it's weird. No, I, I I would say that all the time. Like you know, my mother in law would call me during that series at, at be halftime in Houston. I had a lead, and she was like, "Who's going to win tonight?" I'm like, "I'll go and stay." She's like, "Really? You think so?" Yeah, oh, yeah, don't let Houston fool you. <laughs> They're going to shoot themselves out of the game at some point. They're going to shoot or yo, dribble themselves out of this game at some yo, point. And I don't pretty understand much that. that. Like, yo, they just, like, they, you'll be up by 30, and next thing you know, every time down, crawl, crawl, <laughs> tween, tween. <laughs> tween, 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 ain't nothing over there. 
flop. Yo. <laughs> yo, and Hart, yo, Hart, like Miss Flop. <laughs> and the funny thing is, right? So I was thinking about this because, like, one of the rumored teams LeBron going to is Houston. Could you imagine LeBron, like, in Houston under that system? He he definitely would average a triple double for one, because his stats yeah, would be inflated. Pass it to the people that's going to shoot. Yo, his stats would be so inflated. LeBron would probably and like that, I don't, I don't, I don't dig the way the players do that now. But man. At this point, since and you know how I feel about the whole situation with the Sixers, since they're such they're such big players in the LeBron rumor mill, like I'm like, go ahead, LeBron, go ahead to Houston, like go ahead and do that. <laughs> it was funny. Go ahead and do it's that. funny. I mean, play, you know what? There because I talk about the LeBron legacy schedule all the time. Houston's ready to be on that. Houston was a contender yeah. for the championship this year. They're ready to be yeah. on that. Harden's ready to get a new. Reputation in the league is not just a regular and, season player. Listen, man, and they're primed for it. CP3 definitely would stay because that's his butt buddy. And right. there's I, no state tax. And and CP3 will probably, you know, he'll take his. And they got five. Renegotiate, take like $5 to stay to get one. Like, <laughs> for me and the whole Sixers, I just don't think these young dudes, LeBron coming there could potentially break these dudes for good because they might not yeah. be ready for that criticism of when we lose, <laughs> that they're going to take all the blame. They're going to suddenly become bums. Their numbers are going to go down so far, some of them. First off, that first it's going to be then I hit, then I hit it's going to be legitimately an argument of whether or not they became bums. <laughs> yo, it's going to be argument. Ben don't even care about yo. Ben don't even care about basketball. He out here trying to get his numbers up, and I ain't yeah. even talking about on the court. Ben, Ben out here about to be on crack or opioids and um. Yo, he's chasing Will. He he's really chasing yeah. Will. He not. He, he, he Ben's not being too smart off the court right now. Cannot cannot at all. You know, disrespect his hit list. <laughs> so can't do that. But yeah, Ben, like, give us some time, dude. I mean, but so, you know, with the, he, he, what he, somebody he, say he's he doing a Derek cut. Jeter thing right now. High yeah, profile. Yeah, he's doing a Derek Jeter thing. But he got no, he no commitment. Kardashian. He with Kardashian Jenner now, so I don't know how this is going to work out. See, but to see that's the difference though, because you might be out there just doing your high-profile Playboy thing, no commitments. People tend to commit to the Kardashian clan. Don't last long, but you tend to commit and play yourself all out of position because there must be some sunshine happening under them roofs. But gotta be sunshine. They yo, they got my man on Tiger <laughs> singing. They got my man Tiger on stage singing Usher songs. B. Yo, he's singing Usher songs. Lamar Odom on crack, Kanye in Wyoming, yeah. Kanye, bigging up yeah, Trump. Kanye, yo, yo, Kanye <laughs> in Wyoming. Scoopity pooping. Scoopity, yo, yo. <laughs> pooping on, on tracks. Yo, yo something going Tristan, on. My man Tristan lost his mind. Tristan out here, tongue kissing whores. Tristan, tongue kissing chicks. Strangers yo. in the club. They, they get you, man. Question, question for you. Question for you, Jimmy. How did you feel about the Virginia Squires? Versus the Toronto Raptors, and did you expect that from the Squires? <laughs> <laughs> I see where you're going there. Listen, man, here's what I say about that, y'all. Since you said you asked, I, I was pleasantly surprised to be honest. With you. Not, not that he came back, because I feel like he's one of the better, uh, the better uh, MCs. But that that boy, the yo Drake is like the new LL man. He sings to the chicks, but when he, you know what I mean. So he's shown us that when he's tested, he let his hands go. And yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he let his hands go again tonight just because Kanye's supposed to drop the night and he's going to try to take the Yamini off of him. But I'm not going to say that. 
Well, we, we talked about it earlier, and I was like, I'm disappointed in the fans because the fans are so impatient. There's so many people who are saying stuff and posting stuff like Kanye. I mean, not Kanye, Drake. Come on, man. What you waiting for? You should have done something by now. But look, after Pusha took the gloves off like that, Drake needs yeah. some time to do some research, yo. Like, he ain't yeah, he's no like that. investigator. Yeah, yeah, you got to give your investigators some time to dig up some dirt. You can't just come out yo, 24, this is because, 48 this is hours because later. Push, push it got what, yo, Pusha been sending, like, subliminal shots at him for a decade at this point, but he's been waiting for it because he had the dirt. And even, even now to the point where them. you name your song Infrared, that means that I'm putting you on the infrared beam, and <laughs> soon you jump back, I'm letting it go. Yo, so, yeah, so my thing is this, though, B. Austin. I wouldn't be surprised if boy Aubrey come back because Aubrey, like, he shows that he's with, he's with the ish. Like, which is cool. Yeah, like he, the most thing. of the time. Like, I'm all about the music. I, I mean, I don't know what I'm, I'm all about the competitiveness. I think, I think that, listen, I'm, I'm objective when it comes to dude, because one of the things, like, I feel like Drake is a perfect topic for our show because there's a theme here. We defend him against the haters, and then we go at him when we deal with his sicker fans. Because well, there's he's, a he's, a, he's a LeBron. He's LeBron. LeBron. LeBron, yeah. They think they that he's trash, and I'm like, dude has a lot of talent. He just doesn't care that much about solely being an MC or a rapper. He wants to be Michael Jackson, Prince, but he also loves and appreciates the art. So I don't doubt him, but he definitely does. He definitely but does. He, he, but, but to answer your question, I don't think that he thought. I don't think he. I don't think that he thought Boy would take the gloves off like that. Because yeah, he didn't know. Time, I don't think anybody knows that. Time, most of the time, he only jumps bad. I ain't, I ain't bad killing with, no with kids and no old folks, man. Yo, he he only jumps bad with cats that he knows that he can like pretty much get up on and like like the meek situation. Like when Common like you know you know sent shots at him, called him Canada Dry and all that, and they was really charging over Serena. But when Common sent shots at him, he ain't want no smoke. Kendrick sent shots at him, he ain't want no smoke. Like Jason <laughs> shots at him, he ain't really want no smoke. But Button made like sixty five songs. Yo, my man Joe Button made a whole album or nothing, but this is he ain't want no smoke. No, no, so, so I think that he kind of right, like didn't expect this. Be awesome to oh, back bad, to this because you know Jimmy ain't get the rock on that yet. But we only got like a my minute. Bad. We got to give our predictions right, so for this series. I'll, I'll go first in terms of my predictions, man. Like I can't, mm-hmm. I can't pick against the Warriors. It's, it's like an easy pick. I would like to see this go seven games because I want to see like if, if the Warriors start sweating in seven. Like I like to see people under pressure because what I noticed about um. Watching the two seven, games, LeBron two game winning. seven. I don't, I don't doubt him. Two game seven. Game like, seven. Yeah, game seven in the East and West. And what I noticed about game sevens is, yo, cats start like the ball start coming up short. Like shots be right on the right. money, but they be short because that pressure right. start getting to you. So I want to see seven games. I don't, I don't doubt ball in game sevens, yo. But I don't think I don't think I told, it's gonna go seven. <laughs> I, I know, I know. I, that's why. But I, but it would be in their best interest to get it over with quickly. Remember, I told y'all yeah. last week, if Boston don't get one on the road and take care of this in six, they're done. People are like, no, yeah. they undefeated at home. Don't matter. They done. They don't, it definitely don't matter. It don't matter, man. Like, I, I, I mean, listen, man. Swaggy P got to get his ring, man. So, so salute to Swaggy P. You know what I'm saying? Uh, who gonna be who, MVP? Um, I'm gonna I'm go. I'm gonna go uh, Steph Curry. I, I, I'm gonna go Steph. Okay. Um, B. Prediction. I'm yes, not, uh, prediction. Hey. Hey boy. Um, I'm thinking that if if LeBron's mom don't chill, and we see uh, the ball from Boston show up, it's from DC. 
we can see yeah. the Warriors. But I'm, I'm going to say Warriors in, five, Warriors in six. That's funny because I was leaning the same way. I'm, I was, I really, really think Warriors in, in five, but the same with me. Like, I'm going to take it one farther. I'm going to go Warriors in six, and it's going to be that sixth game where I say the same thing to them. Like, y'all better end it tonight. Y'all don't want to go game seven. I don't care whose floor it's on. So I'm going to go Warriors in six. And like Jimmy, I'm going to go Steph as the MVP because at this point I think Steph's going to try to go get this MVP. Um, that's yeah. all that's left on his legacy pretty much. <laughs> um, Draymond Green is MVP. MVP. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry Weldon. We're about to sign off. <laughs> Who ain't got no business? <clears throat> all right, Jim, you want to sign off or you want me to do it? I got us. I got us, good brother. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room, Facebook, Twitter, those in our uh, group me app. Salute to y'all. And everybody who called in and got through, salute to y'all. Those we can get to, we apologize. Tune next week, live right here on demand. We're going to catch you up on everything happening around the world in sports, including this NBA Finals. So until then, enjoy your week. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you right back here next time. Catch everything we do at the Hub. That includes our conversations from social media, Facebook, Twitter. You can get to our social media through the Hub. Um, you can see our blogs, our webcasts, network podcasts. Everything is at the Hub, and that Hub is warroomsports.com. Pick up my book at sportsthebook.com or back at the Hub, warroomsports.com. So until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance, and we'll see you chumps on top. Yes, sir. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.